1: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
2: I found not protecting my sobriety was what led me to falling off because it was a wedding. It was actually my drummer's wedding uh, that, uh, that I fell off. And it was just because I was just getting inundated with drinks all night. And I was doing everything instead of just going, no, thanks. Knocking doors down, host Jason here with you. On this
0: episode, I'm talking to Matt Gardner. Why did I want to talk to Matt? Well, he's a podcaster as well. Beyond Recovery, live your best life without the need of alcohol. I thought I'd be neat to pick the brain of another fellow podcaster in the same genre. As well, I talk with Matt about his lineage of alcoholism and his family. I also want to talk to Matt as a musician, what it was like getting back out in front of crowds and if there were any anxieties that prevailed or if he was able to adjust as many individuals with addiction find it pretty uncomfortable to begin to socialize. I ask him for tips that he uses. Dig in more about meditation practices and so many other things that are insightful that might help you turn your life around no matter what. And that's what knocking doors down is all about. Please hit subscribe on whatever platform that you're enjoying on. Share these episodes with someone that you think might just need to hear some of the knowledge that the guests share here on the podcast in the conversations that we have. Before we get to Matt Gardner, I've got to thank 5150. Check out all the swag, hats, shirts, sweatshirts, all the gear that you want. 5150 is about having the power to overcome, to persevere, the power to set your life on a course to success. And right now you can get 20% off when you go to 5150ltm.com. Use the code KDD20. That's KDD20. Check out all the swag, hats, shirts, sweatshirts, all the gear that you want and get 20% off because we couldn't do knocking doors down without 5150. Here's my guest, Matt Gardner.
2: Matt Gardner, thank you for joining me on Knocking Doors Down. Yeah, thanks, Jason. Thanks. Uh, great to be here. And uh, yeah, let's let's do this. it be a fun conversation.
0: Well, it's cool to talk to another podcaster in the recovery area. Of course, your podcast, uh, Beyond Recovery, Live Your Best Life without the need of alcohol. Hey, we're in the same boat, buddy. Yeah. We're in the same yeah. boat. What yeah. the, I, I'm always curious. What was like, are you a meeting guy or, uh, was it another path for you other than yeah.
2: AA or? Yeah. You know, good question. Uh, it started with AA. So I had a, a three year, three month sobriety stint, alcohol free stint, uh, from 2012 to 2015. And that was big time, like literally, the AA meetings changed my life. Specifically, the first one that I went to was just such a transformational experience for me. And on the strength of that, I kept going to meetings uh, close to daily, you know, five, five, six times a week for a good eight months uh, yeah. for the first year of sobriety. And then would check back in, you know, uh, once or twice a month uh, from there and sort of trailed off for a little bit towards the edge of or towards the end of that three year stint, which, of course, led me to uh, believe that I was cured <laughs> and that I could, that I could try moderation again, which, you know, I tried for the next three years. And, you know, that, that was that that was that yeah. zero zero percent success rate on moderation, by the way. Uh, no matter how I dressed it up or attempted uh, these different things or had my, you know, reframed it differently. I'm like, oh, only on weekends. And then, uh, you know, all this, all this uh, nonsense. That negotiation. Negotiation, <laughs> big time. I was trying hard. I was trying hard. Every angle you could think of, I was trying. And then uh, this last time though, uh, these, uh, I just got past my uh, personal best uh, in July. No, sorry, April or no, you know, I'm getting ahead of myself. So, so it it's three years. In April, and then my personal best of three years, three months, I just passed in July here. So right on, yeah. So it feels pretty good. Uh, But you know, not so much on the meetings. I am looking to get back into the meetings now, uh, just as a way to give back and um, you know, remembering how tricky that those first few months or that first year of sobriety is. And that I've been able to do it twice, lucky enough to do, <laughs> do it twice. I wanted to get back in there and get into like a mentorship role and potentially be like a sponsor and all that. So yeah. I've been eyeing that up for a while. Uh, But as far as like this time, um, just a much more balanced approach. I, uh sure. I figured out, I finally got into, you know, meditation, all these things that I had in my head, I'm like, okay, when I get older, I'll get, it. <laughs> so I can see myself calming down. Right. I'm like, okay, meditation's on the list, like yin yoga you know, things of this nature that i had always been putting off because I felt they were quite frankly, I thought they were going to be a waste of time. I sure. I was such a uh, I was I was so big into like achievement and doing and grinding and blah, 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 achievements and success. And yeah, yeah. I, I didn't have any time. I didn't allow myself any time for that. The yin, like, you know, the yin of the balance of the yin and yang of just like sitting there and allowing. And it's even just this last year, Jason, I, I'd say about February, I f- I finally had like that Eckhart Tolle moment where it clicked in my head. Right, I I forced myself to sit down in the morning and have an hour long meditation. And about thirty five minutes in, my mind was just like, "What are you doing? Like, you have to, you have this to do. You have to. This is a waste of time. Get up." About and I finally had this like moment where I detached from my thoughts, and I was like, "Who is that saying all those things? Like, I don't need to do that right now." And it was almost Mm -hmm. like the secondary Mm -hmm. like inner voice, which I believe is like my you know my soul or my true self. And I, that was like that Eckhart Tolle moment. And I I kind of had some some fun with it. I'm like, I was just actually sat back as an observer and listened to this voice going, no, like, no, that's enough. That's not funny. You have to get up, blah,
3: and, right. and
2: I had this moment. I'm like, okay, I get it now. So like, as soon as I experienced that, uh, man, that was a game changer for me. So, you know, it's, it's funny looking back to like, I lo- the thing that I really missed about that in that first three years, 2012 to 2015, was like the reckless nature. Like I, I kind of missed that, you know, and uh, I felt that just by doing more and more and, and achieving more, that would satiate that whole kind of like bah, reckless, reckless abandon that I still had inside of me. When it's, in fact, it's it's the, the opposite.
0: It's interesting because you, yeah. what I'm hearing is you got to talk with the anxiety side of yourself and kind of have yeah. a bit of a chuckle at it.
2: T- totally, man. Yeah, no, I haven't actually uh, thought of it like that, but yeah, absolutely. No, good, good call on that. Yeah, it was. Yeah, for sure, dude. Bingo. Actually, that's a big light bulb moment for me. Thank you for that. It was. Um, yeah, definitely. So what I was doing before, like coming out of, you know, the alcohol addiction. I was still finding ways to distract myself, right? So yeah. the emotions that were starting to come up, the, you know, loneliness, the, um, you know, the reason behind the addiction, when that yeah. stuff would start coming up, I just, oh, oh, pick up my cell phone. Okay. Check my phone. Okay. I'll go on Twitter. You know, I'm not Twitter, Instagram, not a, not a Twitter <laughs> guy, uh, but you get, you get the point. So I would just, I would distract myself as soon as a feeling had come up. No, no, it's let's just go to the kitchen and make some food right. I was, I was outrunning, I was attempting to outrun my anxiousness. Out, right. out, and, um, you know, so like you say, exactly. It was getting in touch with that side of me and allowing it with like an unconditional support and love. I know this, some of this stuff may sound cheesy, but I imagine with your, your guys' listenership, uh, I'm in the right spot to be able to talk like this. So. Yeah, please. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, it, it's a tough thing for all of us to get to that point. Cause it, I've started to do meditation a little bit more. It's tough. I got that very active brain. I'm I'm figuring most of us, I, I don't know about you with the people you've spoken to. I know, I believe we've spoken to some similar people. Either I've talk, talked to them on this podcast or the other one I do. Um, We've got a very busy active brain and a lot of us, you know, not to toot our own horns, but fuck it, let's toot our own horns. We're very intelligent people. We're observant. We take in a lot of information. We can be very, empathetic sensitive to environment you know all these things and so for me I'm finding it I, I can do about five minutes before something it starts to invade so I'm working on this shit yeah uh, <laughs> but, but we really have to do a lot to really try to calm that mind in a certain way and and kind of focus for me I'm so hyper judgmental of myself mm. that, that that's the thing I've had to really work on. Um, I was talking with someone. I'm like, I feel like I have become socially anorexic because, you know, really started working sobriety. Had a brief fall off, got back, really hitting it hard, and then everything opens up, and now you're being social again. It's like I don't even
2: know what 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 that means too much. You know, hundred percent. I'm I'm finding that too. You know, like I'm. I, it's funny. I had a conversation in a group, a sobriety group, that I that happened, we were kind of, the topic I brought up was like, what season of your life are you in? And I very much thought I was, I'm coming out of my spring, right? So this re redeveloping myself, I, I quit my job at 23 years. I'm, I'm focusing on, you know, sobriety recovery, coaching and, and some yeah. of these other things that I'm doing. So now I'm feeling like it's, it's the perfect time, I and mean, It's with summer corresponding with summer. I'm feeling like I'm in my summer of my life right now or a, a summer in my life. And I'm having the same kind of issue as you like uh, summer to me is like getting out there, you know, and, and, and dude, after like the last three years of having this like digital, like I'm don't get me wrong. I'm super, super uh ready to go with the zoom calls. I can do those all day. Right. But to actually get out there and have the bandwidth to converse with people on an energetic level, like in person. Oh, it's, it's um, you know, more challenging than I was expecting it. I I'm definitely finding that I'm a little bit uncomfortable in some of these networking events that I'm going to, I'm feeling this, like, not dread, but sort of this like resistance to it where I'm like, Ooh, you know, and then I start I'm, I'm monitoring my brain going, you know, it's trying to find everything, you know, any reason why not to do it and all that. But I, <laughs> I know I have to, to go, go forth and do it. So I, I, I totally relate to what you're saying about the uh, socially anorexic. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely rebuilding that right now for sure. <laughs>
0: well, but you're a musician too, right?
2: Yeah. That's so How right. do you
0: do that? Because I used to host a lot of events like and concerts. I still do some MMA events, uh, oh, ring nice. announcing and things like that. But how do you as a as a musician, you know, people oftentimes I'm good. Like people are like you're comfortable up there when you're ring announcing or whatever. It's like, yeah, when I step out, it sucks. How do you kind of deal with that? You know, people coming up. Oh, great set, man. Or can I buy you a
2: drink? Uh, I don't know how much that happens. You know, that does. um, You know, for the the longest time, I would just say I'm not drinking for tonight. And now I'm just completely open about it. Everybody in my inner circle and and in my area, uh, you know, knows my community knows that I'm not a drinker. Um, And if people ask, it's and I still, you know, get the odd person like, no, you can just have one. I say, you know what? It's just easy to just turn. There's enough people around that I can just navigate it really turn around and thanks get and get away from them right so um but yeah it's, it was a different a different thing for sure um you know the first time that I was doing it it was all about the uh, oh no I'll, I'll have a drink afterwards right uh betting on the fact that everybody be inebriated enough afterwards that they're not going to notice and generally speaking that worked uh and now I'm just you know I, I found not protecting my sobriety was what led me to falling off because it was a wedding it was actually my drummer's wedding uh that uh that i fell off and it was just because i was just getting inundated with drinks all night and i was doing everything instead of just going no thanks i was like pretending you know so i'd take a shot and like water the plant behind me with some tequila just like oh pretend i'm doing it you know and then finally by the end of the night i had a shot and that's when like just brain Mm -hmm. chemistry i was like oh i kind of missed this (laughs) you know grab a corona and then you know that is that's the end of that so (laughs) yeah it's been it's been tricky um but as far as like the we haven't actually played a live show in a couple of years. Mm. Uh, We've been keeping up here in Canada and it was pretty, uh, pretty locked locked down for, for a while. And um, we've just been doing like Facebook lives. And, and honestly, now that we're kind of used to doing these like live performances out of our home studio it's kind of like, ah, you know, I, I didn't really miss the whole packing up at 2 a.m. after the show is <laughs> over and all that. So we're in no huge rush to get back. Plus, you know, the uh, we're kind of at that age, like all, everybody in the band's got, like, young kids now. I mean, except for me. But, uh, you know, the other two fellas have uh, young families. So kind of feels like that rec hockey league where we get, like, a little bit of ice time once a week at, like, 8 or 9 at night. Right. But luckily, we've put all this time in 10 years uh, as a band, so we have this equity so we can just show up. You know do our thing there's we're on the same wavelength so you know that's 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 super cool about that but yeah it's things are different for sure than they were like two or three years ago for sure with the band our
0: next partner has a product i use literally every day i started taking ag1 because i want a better gut health more energy and to optimize my immune system If you're like me, you hate popping pills, taking vitamins, well I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great, and I wanted to see what the hype was all about. So what is this stuff? Well with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and aptogens to help you start your day right. No matter what your lifestyle is, keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free or gluten-free, AG1 can work for you. Plus, it contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good. AG1 costs less than $3 a day. It's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com emerging. Again, that's athleticgreens.com emerging to take ownership of your health and pick the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Let me ask you a question uh, from all the people that y- you've spoken to and, and through your experience with AA, other alcoholics um, family history of alcoholism. And have you found anyone that doesn't have it? Because I I've spoken with this great gentleman. I recommend you, you know, I'll send you his information. Dr. Rob Kelly goes alcoholics. You're born it's made it's there. Yeah. There's a family lineage. Other people can't drink themselves into alcoholism. Yeah. Something about our chemistry, our genetics, and our makeup. So yeah. that
2: leads me to wonder, what uh, what was family for you? Yeah, first off, I actually, funny you mentioned Dr. Rob Kelly. I just had him on my show, I want to say like earlier this week or like late last week, and wow, right? mind-blowing. I was just like, I needed to take a few minutes after I, I signed off with him. I was like, wow, what a crazy interview. What a crazy story, awesome guy. Yeah, Yeah. so shout out. Yeah, shout out Dr. Rob for sure. Yeah. To answer your question. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, on both sides of my family. So my dad, mm. my dad actually passed away from, from living a hard life. Like he passed away, uh, 2018, a few days before Christmas,
1: mm.
2: uh, 66 years old, which to me, that's like tragically young, like back in the, yeah. you know, the depression era, that was like an old man. Right. But nowadays 66 is not old. Mm. And, you know, he just retired. He was like maybe a year into his retirement. He had a great Benji was 35 years as a firefighter uh, working for the city so he was set for like this great you know third act in his life and it just boom Mm. got got cut short because he just you know he caught up with them so you know that was a big eye-opener for me that was a huge eye-opener that was a big turning point for me on my mom's side uh my my uncle paul was like a massive uh he was this guy that like he'd been i kind of i had similar like upbringing or things that happened to me and I really related to his story. He ended up moving up North to uh the, um, Yukon, like his white horse. It's sort of like the Alaska of Canada, yeah, yeah. if you will. Right. And he ended up just moving up there and like collecting welfare, or he'll work for like six or eight months and then collect EI double dip. And he just did that to support his drinking habits. So he just went up there and it was, it's cheap living up there. And, and yeah, he would just drink and hang out by the creek and you know just do all the stuff i'm like yeah they kind of when i was a drinker i'm like that sounds pretty cool like the right. ultimate escapism you know so yeah on both sides i remember when my dad and my uncle paul would would get together you know in the other room even from like five years old like the volume and everything the music could get turned up <sighs> they'd be yelling at each other but like laughing too and i'm like what the hell is going on in there <laughs> right. go in there and they're like hey matt come here you know give me the the beer and you know have the one sip that was my first sip of beer at whatever five or six years old and then, yeah that's gross and, and then laugh, <laughs> right? and it, that whole thing so yeah that was that was big man and uh, you know so on my dad's side it was like my dad's dad my dad's dad's dad and like their grant both the sides on both sides like the mom mm-hmm. and the dad irish of descent very stoic very just work hard come home have some like scotch or whatever right a right. uh, daily drinkers and yeah dude it was it, it is big it was big. And, and that was actually, um yeah, that was my turning point. It was like my dad, what happened with my dad, I, I, you know, I continued to, it was very much in, from the back of my head, it was starting to get into the foreground again of like, Hey, it's time to clean up here. Mm. And it was actually on my, on my way home to my dad's uh celebration of life. And it just coincided with this really ugly party weekend that I had, you know, with like just you know, cocaine, cigarettes, all this crap that I hadn't done for years that I just decided to do again randomly. Uh, and then like really cheap, crappy beer and just like staying up till four in the morning, right. Before I left the next day. And, um, and I woke up and I, I always have this, like, you know, the hair of the dog, right. So I had a, a beer ready for me, uh, before I hopped in my car and drove for eight hours. Great, great, uh, great thing to do. Right. So, and I had about half the beer and I just was so disgusted with it in myself. And I just dumped in it what the hell am I doing? And I got about halfway. So eight hours right in between my hometown of Prince George, BC and, El- and Edmonton, Alberta, where I'm living is Jasper. It's right in the Canadian Rockies. Beautiful. It's one of my favorite spots on earth. And I remember driving through there and it was a bright blue, blue sky day, you know, in April. And I felt like nothing. Like I felt like hopeless, helpless, shame, full of shame, mm-hmm. just rottenly hung over, and um and i just i remember grabbing my phone and i just wanted to get some of this energy moving because i was so stagnant and so dark and i was just saying like i don't know what i'm doing with my life what have i done i've really f- effed up this time blah 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 i'm like and then just that feeling of like ultimate disturbed feeling mixed with the fact that i'm doing this for my dad i'm going to. Pay, pay tribute to my dad. That's when I just combined those two things. and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do this as a tribute to my dad and to get back to your question about like the lineage of alcohol and the family yeah. and such. that's when I was like, hey, okay, f this this stops with me and I I can choose to make this stop with me. So it's like all the way down the family line, I'm going to pay respects to my dad. My dad passed away a lot in to do with this exact lifestyle. I'm stopping it right now. And so for the rest of the drive and the way in, I had this like calm inner calm. and I started focusing on, you know, what I'm going to do next to make sure that I can maintain it. And then I started getting my swagger back going, okay, I've done this before. I can do this again. This, these are the steps I'm going to take. You know, I went and picked up my brother at the airport right away. And, uh, it was the first time him and I had been home in 20 years together. So mm-hmm. it was really cool. Went down, you know, back to the old neighborhoods. Right. And just got this like just this buildup of goodwill and, and um you know, just the fact that I was traveling to getting out of my environment, going somewhere new, there's sure. all this like novel, you know, so it was just like the perfect storm of all these um elements that really propelled me into uh my current, you know, I've since then I've been alcohol free. So that was a, that was a, a big, big turning point for me. And
0: yeah, we seem to, some of us be gifted those things and it doesn't seem like it obviously the, the pain of losing a parent, let alone, f- in any way, let alone from this disease, you know. But uh, we get those god shots, and we do. We don't always going to say how they're going to come. Yeah. That's the mystery yeah. of, of just life, uh, higher power, and everything else. Where it's like, here you go. It's a, what are you going to do with it? You know, we always yeah. w- we tell ourselves this fantasy thing of that it's going to come in a nice little fucking bow, and here it is, and it's going to yeah. taste good, smell
2: good, feel good. Yeah. And sometimes this yeah. shit, these lessons just don't, man. Yeah. And you know what is i in a, in a in a way it's it's a blessing. It's um whenever I would say for one example when I quit smoking cigarettes, it was always from a, a point of and I think Tony Robbins says I'm not sure how many fans I, I like Tony Robbins, but yeah, if there's a um, there's something that he says you have to reach a point of just being like so like disgusted or disturbed with yourself otherwise you're going to keep having like what we talked about earlier in the interview that negotiation right there's always gonna be the well that was just this time it'll be different if you do that right that voice starts coming at. so when you're finally at whether it's a rock bottom or just for me it was just a really disturbed just disgusted place with all these other things going on in my head that were just out of my normal everyday thing like what it's a big thing man going to freaking pay tribute to my dad that passed Mm -hmm. away you know what i mean like it's it's real, that's real life. And that was, that was big and it is big. So yeah, it was, uh, like you say though, it's, it's yeah, the God shot. I like that. You know, it's like, for me, it's always been, I've gotten so many taps on the shoulder and then, then that's just like, no, that was nothing. It's okay. You can keep yeah. going with it. Don't worry about that. He's fine. He's fine. Right. Yeah. And then finally it's just like, Ah, like smack <laughs> in the back of the head. I'm like, okay, okay, I get it. That's how I've learned. That's been my experiences. I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that.
0: Oh, I, I'm sure many <laughs> addicts, just people in life in general, we get so yeah. many of those taps, you know? Yeah. I mean, I've talked uh, about, you know, toxic relationships here with people on the podcast or it's like, yeah, they, they, many boats have been sent in the flood and sometimes we ignore it, you know? Yeah. And yeah. it's weird. It makes me wonder what the fuck is it we're trying to preserve what is it we're trying to preserve it's yeah. a, you know because it's yeah. crazy to me when you're talking about your uncle he loved booze more than anything else that he's just willing to go and do and yep. live and surround that that lot it was his life everything else yep. was ancillary yeah it's the banana sandwiches thing about addiction it's, mm-hmm. it's just like when we sit back and look and i'm maybe you've done this when i've journaled it's like why would I do that? You know? Yeah. I, I mean, oh. I could, I, I remember I was drinking while I was driving to my grandma, one of my grandmother's services, and this is a mm. four hour drive. And it's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You know?
2: Yeah. Oh, for sure. I'm, I'm glad you brought up journaling. That's the best way to, to get something out of your head. Really um, analyze um like your inner dialogue. You know, I, I read that. I'm like, wow. Am I actually saying that kind of stuff to myself? And I'm realized, yeah, I am. That's mm-hmm. kind of brutal. I got to change this. i you know? So yeah. Interesting. And to reflect back, you know, and that kind of thing for sure is like, yeah, journaling is amazing. Glad you brought it up.
0: Well, you do coaching work too with people now. So what are some of the things, you know, that maybe you implore, do you approach everyone different? Do you kind of lay out yeah. some groundwork stuff for them and, and say, Hey, here's where we're going to start. And then as I get to know you, we're going to branch off in different ways
2: yeah definitely thanks for the opportunity to talk about it so right yeah. now i'm doing my uh it's actually my first dry july uh group that i'm running it's right. uh it's six six people and it's just going awesome so you know that's a, me kind of getting my uh, take out the kind of this me getting my feet wet as a like a facilitator in this role so uh backstory again it's like i quit my my uh, job at 23 years this past january so i am Pretty much, I'm, I'm very much my rookie year of, of coaching. I had got all my certifications. I took six month leave of absence last year, and just life led me down this coaching path. I enjoyed doing the mentoring at my previous mm-hmm. career, and then just combining it with my experience, my life experience. That being, you know, cleaning myself up and such. So mm-hmm. it just just so happened uh, that's that's the way the universe has uh, has led me. So yeah, to get to your question, yeah. So I have what I've the program that I'm running right now called recovery roadmap has like, it's a 30 day online course that you can take. So it's five minute videos each day. And it base it's a, the modules are based on, there's like the uh, sobriety toolkit. So things you can constantly go back to. So like, if you're having a, you know, cravings, for example, like watch this video and it'll just, you know, help, mm-hmm. help speak to that. Just reminders along the way, right? So there's the uh, the sobriety toolkit, inner dialogue upgrade, I, I call it. So it's all about uh, inner dialogue, obviously, and, and improving it, how you're really monitoring how you're talking to yourself. If you're being derogatory, if you're being judgmental, like you mentioned, being hyper judgmental with yourself. And that's where journaling comes in too. It's like, write that stuff down and proofread it and just go, wow. It's like, it, it really hits home how much you're, how derogatory I can be to myself. And then just changing that. Right. So instead of talking in like, I can't do this. Okay. Well don't focus on what you can't do. Don't focus on the pink elephant. You're going to focus on the pink elephant. It's like a, so what are you going to do? What can I do then start focusing on that? And it really changes the, uh, the energy in your body. Right. Yeah. So it's that's a big, uh, a big part of it is the inner dialogue, Uh, cleaning up the way that you speak to yourself. And then as a result, you're going to clean up the way that you speak to people in, in the relationships in your life, you know, and getting into, um, yeah, the one-on-one coaching I do is, uh, is very much based on, I like how you mentioned it's like, depending on the person I view it as like, you know, how nuanced, like personal training has gotten. Like there's so many different like layers of, okay. Nutrition. And it really, it's, it's even from like 10 years ago where it was just like, okay, this is the way to do it. It's a catch-all for everybody. It's yep. it I view recoveries very much like that as well. It's very nuanced from person to person. So I I have the framework within this th- the 30-day course where there's some like fundamental sort of the pillars of, of your recovery sure. and, and good things to kind of go back to, and then it'll stay evergreen. You're gonna continue to go back in and dip into it. But when it comes time for coaching, all I do is observe and, and, um, ask questions essentially. And if I ask enough questions, um, in an objective way, I don't want to be a leading question because I don't want it to be like my interpretation of it. And then like, okay, I'm thinking what you're saying is this. And I'm literally just gonna ask enough questions that the person opens up and says it and convinces themselves of what they need to do. Cause that's where you get the results, right? If if yeah. somebody uh, can come to their own <laughs> terms with it and then they think it's like their idea because of the amount of questions you've asked, and they're like, they have that light bulb moment, that's that's where it's gonna stick. And it's a, it's, it's fun for me because it's like, sometimes I can, I can think where it's going to go, where it's going to end up. And then by the end, it's totally gone somewhere different. So I'm very glad that I, you know, reserve myself to the fact that like, no, you know, take, <sighs> take me out of it, take yeah. my own personality out of it. Cause it can, and then it's uh it's great. It's uh, there's a, there's the, the type of uh, coaching I do is called story work coaching. So it's all okay. about like, it's like a narrative therapy essentially where you, you'll put um you know, a traumatic situation or a situation that you view as like a a landmark in your life that led you to drinking or perhaps uh, a a drinking incident or whatnot, you put it up on a Google doc. So you type it out and I check in with you um, energetically. So we drop into your body. So, okay. Energetically, how did that make you feel? And so if somebody's still really in the story, they're going to, Okay. I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling tight in my, you know, there's going to be some, uh, some physical triggers. Okay. So get that. So then we start getting some breath into it. So we breathe. There's a bit of breath work that's involved in it as well. Uh, so then you read it out loud. Okay. And then you're going to see what the difference is between you reading it out loud versus you typing it. And oftentimes there'll be a change in, in energy. Um, there's going to be a start to be get a little bit more objective to the story. There's going to be like a, wow, I can't believe again, like those moments we talk about with journaling, like, wow, I can't believe. I actually typed that that's not how I feel, but apparently that is how I feel right there. So you can kind of start seeing this disconnect or this uh, the call cognitive, what is it? Cognitive dissonance, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. That, um, that, that occurs. Right. And then that, that's when you can start having this, these aha moments. And then the third time you read it is at about 70% speed. So I I find that people, when there's like an uncomfortable part of a story, you'll read over it really quickly. Sure. You you don't want to rush through. (laughs) So this allows the emotion to really come up. And that's when you can figure out where the trigger sentences, the trigger words are for people. Right. And then from there, after we do the check-in with that as well, I break the story up into like sentence by sentence and you get a big, deep abdomen breath between every sentence. And that's when the magic happens. That's when you can start seeing if there's somebody in there that you've projected you know, are vilified, or there's a bit of a victim mentality that's mm-hmm. come off of an external circumstance. It's amazing because by the time you've breathed on it and aired the story out and everything, by the the end of the story, nine times out of ten, somebody's gonna be like, you know, I I I can see that other person's perspective, right? Regardless if you want to, you know, forgive or forget or whatever, however you want to go with it, you can see it so much more objectively, sure. and as a result, you have this nice, this genuine release of the tension that you've been carrying with the story. And then just to top it off, we'll take any sentences of, again, of like negation, like I couldn't, I didn't feel this way. Okay. How did you feel? And then we turn those into affirmations. So by the end of the coaching session, you have five to 10 affirmations based on your words, your story that have just, we've plucked out a couple words, taken like a negative charge brought them into like a positive charge. And then there you go. Those are your affirmations for the next week or month or whatever, take a picture of it. And then just when you're having those moments where you're feeling those feelings of stress and anxiety, bring out your phone, say those affirmations to yourself that were based on the story that you've reframed. And uh, yeah, it's it very, very, uh, very good success rate with it. I found it for myself uh, when I went through this, uh, the coaching certification to get uh, get this particular coaching style under my belt. It was like, I've been doing like 10 years of counseling and just a couple months of doing this with, with my mentor, uh, with this was just like, it was like, fast forward in all those 10 years just like so quickly. So to me, my personal take on it's like so much more effective than than counseling or anything else sure. I, that might upset some people. But I, <laughs> that's, you know, that's my personal experience. So I, I can I can speak to that.
0: Well, yeah, it depends on what counselors you get sometimes.
1: Uh, hey, some, some aren't the right fit. Yeah. It's okay to change. Right. The Knocking Doors Down book shares all the history and inspiration behind the Carlos Vieira Foundation and how it all started. All proceeds from the book benefit the Carlos Vieira Foundation Race to be Drug Free campaign. So, what's that all about? Through the Race to Be Drug Free campaign, Carlos Vieira Foundation raises awareness about drug abuse, donates to drug free programs, and brings drug free speakers into schools to educate youth. The Race to Be Drug Free campaign's main program is the Gloves Not Drugs Boxing Program. This program is completely free for kids between the ages of 8 and 17 to learn discipline, strength, respect, camaraderie, and the art of boxing. The program was created to keep kids off the streets, out of gangs, and away from drugs. For more info and to get involved, check out carlosvierafoundation.org. It it sounds like an interesting part of the the
0: transformation, and, and it's not just for us addicts, alcoholics. It, so many people need to be pulled out of a, a state of victimhood and apathy. And yeah. it sounds like a really good way to take that victimhood, turn it on its, uh, upend it, and take a look and empower yourself because really it's we've got it. I mean, I don't know any, <laughs> I personally have yet to meet an alcoholic that it wasn't didn't have a victim story at some point yeah. a trauma of some kind, some big T's, little T's, whatever it is. Trauma is trauma, let alone the history thereof. Uh, within the family, like yourself, myself, but we really have to start to turn those things on their end and realize, yeah, we got to do something about this shit. Otherwise it'll continue to eat us up and we'll fall off as two guys that have fallen off, yeah. had some recovery yeah. time, fell off, you know, yeah. that's okay. Part of the process, part of the learning, but yeah, that
2: ditching of victimhood so valuable. It is, it is. And, you know, uh, it's, it's worth mentioning, you know, there, there, uh, there have been things that have happened to me, I'm sure to you. We're not, it's not negating that, or it's not the, getting to the point where like, okay, well, it, it, these things did happen to you. They're yeah. isolating. And what you are saying is, and what I'm saying is you don't want that to echo throughout the rest of your life, right? You don't want to feel this, vi- it, you know, at once one stage of, of recovery, sure. It can feel a little bit comforting to blame other people while you're kind of getting your own shit together. Sure. Right. I mean, I, I went through that myself and some is some, you know, it's easy to, it's, it's somewhat comforting it's, it's within a comfort zone to be able to blame somebody else or blame something for your life, not turning out the way that it does. But you said the exact word that I was going to say, empowering It's so empowering to be able to uh, flip that story on itself. And like, when we talk about projections, it's a uh, yeah. You got to be ready for it because projections will like smack you right in the nose when you're saying like, he makes me feel this way. And what we do is like I said, anytime I see a projection, I take out the he and I put, I, I make me feel that way. And that person mm. reads it. And sometimes they're like, you know, oh, you got me. Or like, sometimes like there's a profound, like, oh crap. Like it's yeah. instantaneous. And they're like, oh, wow. I do have a choice there, don't I? So, you know, it depends on where the person is on their journey. And, and, and you know, so there might, it might be met with some defensiveness, right? If they're not quite ready to let go yeah. of that victim story, but you, the, the projections are the, are the, uh, the good ones for sure. And then that's, uh, honestly, like when you're ready though, when I've been ready for the projection to, you know, the, the finger to get pointed back at me, it's, it's actually com- oddly comforting. Right. Mm -hmm. Sure. It's tough. Sure. It's a bitter pill to swallow, but to your point, I, the power, the responsibility, the power is back with me. Now I can do something about this. So just remember that, like anybody that's listening to this, that has like those, you know, those, those victim stories that you don't want to let go of it, it feels tremendous when you get to the stage where you can do that. And, uh, you know, it's, it takes some courage but, man, is it ever freeing? And that, to me, that's when you can get into like like true forgiveness, right? And yeah. And again, I just I, w- I do want to say, like it's not negating things that have happened to you. It's not like completely forgetting or or pretending they didn't happen. It's not that at all. it's it's yeah. um, it's just being able to move on with it without it trolling you and haunting you the rest of your life.
0: Yeah. Cause you, you, you take over, like, I I'm glad you said that where it was he and you went, no, I, because yeah, we, we are in control of our response. Our emotions are a tool. They're not something that has to control us. And I know we have a society right now that is so emotion filled with every little thing, but you know, we could use a little, little more pragmatic approach to our life and understand and Know it's okay. Sometimes people just generally are wrong, and you gotta gotta set a boundary and put them in their place. Sometimes they do some messed up shit. You tell them (laughs) that's not okay. I'm not putting up with that. Don't do it again. Uh, you know, and hopefully they make the amend by corrected behavior. But otherwise, yes, you are allowing certain things to linger forever. I know I held on to anger and guilt and shame and (laughs) so much for so long. It's like I, no, I'm I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. The baggage is too damn heavy. Uh, I, I'm mid midlife, you know. Hopefully, I got yeah. another forty years left in me, but I'm taking the baggage and it's going over there. It's too heavy to carry.
2: Fuck it, I'm done. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's what a great feeling that is, right? It's so much lighter to just leave those suitcases behind and be like, hey, I'm done with these. You know, let's let's yeah. move on. Yeah, no, that's yeah, a great great feeling. Great feeling for sure, especially when you're carrying a bag that has somebody else's name labeled on it. Right. Yeah. Very good. Very good uh, analogy. I like that a lot. Yeah. And, that's
0: great. And we, t- and we tend to do that because how many of us tell, tell me, Matt, when you were a kid and I know my dad, uh, uh, drug addiction, um, did drink, uh, but I had alcoholism on my mom's side. Yeah. I never sat there as a kid when I was fantasizing about the life I wanted, that I was going to go down That the priority for me was how was I going to figure out to, how to drink at the end of the day? You
2: know, mm, right. I wasn't there. Yeah, isn't that yeah? And isn't that funny how that just sort of well, not 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 funny, ha ha. Put it that way. It's curious <laughs> that it, yeah, <laughs> right. It's uh, it's very curious how that that gets on top of, you isn't it? Because yeah, it's um. In fact, when I was a kid, I would have been kind of judgmental, have been like, oh man, like why is you know why is dad like that or like why is, is you know his oasis, uh, from away from work is having a few drinks. You know, it was odd to me, and then for it to. Mm-hmm for me to literally just become that. And it was just gradually over time. Right. It, you know, it's start starts off quote unquote harmlessly enough in, in with some drinks in high school and in playing in a band back then and thinking that's cool to be, like, live the rock and roll lifestyle to, you know, living out on my own in my early twenties. And then before you know it, it's like four days a week become I'm a daily drinker, yeah. you know, and then I've hospitalized myself. And then uh, by the time I'm 30, I'm like, um, Hmm. Uh this is like literally my life now is is drinking and like figuring out when I can drink and drink before I go to work and drinking all my breaks and and yeah it's it's uh it's this like ten year sort of gradual descent into the the madness
0: uh and we do get to escape it people we do get to escape
2: it uh yeah. tell me why did you start beyond recovery? the podcast yeah, you know so i've been in in uh, this is when I was in my previous life or my previous career. Um, I always, I had a bunch of stuff on the go. Like I play in a few different bands. I had a couple podcasts and I found when, now that I'm doing this, this new venture, I ne- I felt the need to like bring everything together because mm-hmm. I had so much divergent energy. And if I'm going to be a successful entrepreneur, I need to have everything moving in the one direction. I very much felt like I still had two lives. I'd always had like a split personality, split life with my drinker and my, my work, you know, work mat versus, uh, you know, at home drinking mat, Right. And they kind of, there was obviously some overlap, right. But it felt like very much like two personalities, two, uh, two lives. And, uh, and it's starting off my entrepreneurship, um, you know, stint here. It still felt like that. I had all this stuff on the periphery that was like great for releases while I was at my previous job, but I'm like, they aren't really tying in together with this, this thing that I'm, I'm trying to get off, off the ground here. So that's where I was just like, okay, I have, my energy is too all over the place here. I got to bring everything together and it's all got to get moving in the right direction. So anything that was on the periphery, um, I have basically, I either paused or cut out of my life entirely. I had like a few different podcasts, a music podcast, uh, one of the great outdoors, like a camping podcast, all these different things that I enjoyed doing at the time, sure. but they weren't serving me anymore. So I just, I cut it. I'm like, well, okay, I got the podcast experience. Let's get into the recovery game because that's what I'm going to be doing. Ties very much in with my brand and all that great work, great way to network and talk to folks like you and get my name out there and then have, uh, you know, have you come on my show and just create this community because there is such a wonderful recovery community. Yeah. And I found that out very quickly. It's like incredibly supportive recovery. People are awesome to talk to Um, There's literally everybody is supporting everybody and it, it doesn't come off like inauthentic, like, you know, as soon as I'm off, you know, people are stabbing in the back or anything. It has a way less competitive nature. Like there legitimately is people that are just... Pfft, as soon as you're part of somebody's community, you're like, it's, it's, you're together. Yeah. There's this unity. So, uh, which was missing, a missing element for me. I always felt again, very fragmented with all the other things I was doing. So it was like, you know, it was, it was coming home in a lot of ways. It was, um, you know, I, I had been, it, it was challenging for me to put my story out there when I was in my previous career. So, cause I was always hiding it mm-hmm. from certain people, how much I actually drank. And, um, I was very protective of it. And now as soon as I, it was like permission, as soon as I quit that job, I'm like, I can be hundred percent myself yeah. genuine now. So part of that was starting the podcast so then I can start my story. And, you know, it's just, it's so powerful. The creating, for me, the number one thing is connection, right? Like the, the that whole Ted talk, uh, changed my life. The opposite of addiction is connection. I was like, like light bulb yeah. moment for sure. So as soon as I heard that, I'm like, so that's what it's all about, man. So that's like, me even like five years ago, like I wish I knew of uh, some of these recovery podcasts, because I I was still fearful about going back to the rooms because I'd been so it'd been so long since I'd been sure. there, and I was sober curious, you know, uh, this, these moderation attempts were really wearing on me. And I, I really wish there was a, a podcast that I could have listened to because I was looking for like is there like live AA meetings that you can just kind of be a fly on the wall? I couldn't find anything like that. And for whatever reason, this was probably 2015, 2016. I there was just there didn't seem to be any of these podcasts, and now there's like an abundance of, <laughs> yeah. like so many. There was which now there right? is, and now there's a bunch, right? And which is awesome, right? So and that's what that's what it was. So I I just I knew. My experience level and all that. I have the gear. I'm ready to go, and it was just a matter of just getting everything together instead of having all this like hot air balloons everywhere and all these different trails that I'm kind of traveling and just getting in on into one, you know, one cart and just take the cart down the one trail. So that's that's what it's all been all about for me. I love
0: it, man. Hey, if uh, people want to find out more about you, Matt, and the podcast, your coaching work, how can
2: they find you? Yeah, thanks, dude. Uh, so recoveryroadmap.me. That's both my website and my, uh, my Instagram handle. I also have a YouTube channel, uh, which also has like some of my music, the sound therapy, sound healing stuff, and, um, some of the other, uh, projects I have going on. And that is uh, Matt Gardner live. So the YouTube channel is Matt Gardner live. I also have a Facebook, uh, live channel. That's the same thing. So Matt Gardner live and recovery roadmap.me.
0: All right, Matt Gardner, here we go. It's time for some random questions. You can yes. have dinner with one person who would it be they living or not
2: Oh living or not uh Albert Einstein Why Albert Oh man just I I love his co- combination of science and he's like very artistic as well yeah. so he's got the whole brain thinking going on it seems like an incredibly interesting person I agree he he,
0: he it's it he seemed to have an understanding of science fiction as the possibility, you know, yes. the imagination yeah. that even though there was factual stuff and mathematical formulas and things, but it was that idea that there, that, you know, there is something more. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a good one. First time we've ever got him. I would totally want to ask him about his his moral state in the Manhattan Project, you know, Oof. like, yeah, oh, yeah. Fair gosh. Enough. Fair enough. Yeah. 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 Anyways, uh, superpower. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Ooh, time travel. Really?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Why? Where would you go? Where would you go Uh, first? So, you know what? Yeah, this is kind of funny. Uh, first thing I go back to 2013 and buy up a bunch of Bitcoin.
1: <laughs> right. And then <laughs> yeah, dump it right.
2: in 2018. Then, yeah, exactly, man. And then come back and be like, oh, life is good. <laughs> um, seriously, that's kind of funny that my mind would go to that. Um, uh, hopefully that doesn't come across too shallow, but it would, it would I, definitely, it, I would definitely do that. Hey, it's okay. Uh, Cause what do
0: we do? We try to, to you know, amass yeah. wealth and then give generously. It, you know, for me, that's it's what the same thing. Man. It'd be like, yeah. man, I could really do a lot more of what I want to do. You know, that's there's, it. I got a, I got a guy, uh, this, this, uh, his name's Albert, ironically enough, uh, Einstein. No No. (laughs) bump into him a lot. Sometimes he's sober. Sometimes he's not. And I take Uh, care of him, but there's no way to get this guy to treatment. I've talked to, you know, no insurance, let alone state insurance is going to cover any kind of treatment. This guy doesn't need 28 days. He needs six months to go somewhere. So, you know, for me, I don't think it is. I would want to do that. That's what I would want to do. Right? Like, all right, let's get Albert off to treatment. You know, because yeah. I bet Albert's got a powerful mind. That if he uh, just got some of that love, we could get him somewhere. You know, love it, man, absolutely. So hell yeah. So it's do good. the time travel for Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: It'd be for the, the greater good. Trust me, I would not be like Scrooge McDuck sitting on a bunch of Bitcoin. I would be. That would be right. going out to to worthwhile uh, causes for sure. <laughs> uh, pet peeve: anything that just annoys the hell out of you. Yeah. Just like, um, loud, rude people. Uh, yeah. Just kind of like yeah. that. Have that like, man, feel like that, you know, like the person in the grocery store that's like being rude to the cashier. And has that like uh, gesture? Like, about this is supposed to be four 99. Like the, people like that. Yeah. That
0: just blanket it with their <laughs> bullshit. Right. Totally. Yeah. Decorate <laughs> it in bullshit. Um, yeah. any, uh, any desire to maybe write a book.
2: Yeah, I do. So I have like a, a, a small ebook that okay. I, I created. It's, it's called Recovery Roadmap. Just, uh, sort of like my fear and loathing in Las Vegas meets whatever the Shawshank redemption or something like that. <laughs> right. A little bit of that. So, and that was a cool way for me to just get a bunch of my stories out there. Sure. So that was right before I started, um, this whole journey of coaching and all that. I, it was just a way for me to, you know, and I, I have it out there it's available. Um, so but yeah to do a a complete book yeah that'd be that'd be awesome man i would love that.
0: All right last one uh you're on a deserted island whatever reason you can have a movie with you and you can have one musical artist be it an
2: individual band uh what are they? Ooh that's a very good question. So one movie to watch. <laughs> am i going comedy or am i going to go serious? I, you know I got... Just say The Matrix I love the Matrix so much uh so, so great such a great movie uh one artist to listen to uh Neil young I'm good with Neil Young he's really? got such a wide variety and body of work so I would be yeah be able to you know that's 40 years worth of music i could listen to
0: <laughs> it's always interesting to yeah. pick a, you know ask someone that is a musician like who do you take you know right yeah
2: yeah, yeah. he's he's my favorite he's kind of like to me he's like the stephen king of of musicians just like <laughs> such a pro- like so many like so many releases over the years such a huge body work kind of a weird dude kind of kind of creepy in a way yeah so he's kind of like stephen king to me in, in as a, a musician
0: that's funny i've tried to get my kids their um they're both taking uh, one piano, one violin, so they have this classical kick. But when I throw on different rock music, every time Neil Young comes on, my daughter, especially "Rocking in the Free World," Dad, come on, change that. I'm like, come on, this is one of the greatest, like, rock <laughs> it is. like protests, like just hell kinda, yeah, like you know, screw the yeah. man kind of things. And yeah, they're, no, they're not into it.
2: That's, you know, he's got a, such a, he's kind of like, he reminds me of Getty Lee from Rush. He's got a very polarizing voice. Like sure. people are, are going to love it or hate it. Cause it's very raw yeah. and very, but I love him and I love, love Neil Young.
0: All right, uh, Matt, um, it, it floor is yours. If you could leave people with any final thoughts, maybe those that are struggling with addiction, mental health, the whole encompassing or just things that you maybe want to share.
2: Yeah. Thanks, dude. Thank you so much uh, to all your listeners and t- uh, to you as well. I'm looking forward to having you on beyond recovery. So thank you to everybody. Uh, you know, final thought I always like to leave it with is, is this going back to the whole connection thing? Um, you know, there's, there, there is a time and place for willpower and, and discipline and, you know, kind of the white knuckling. Uh, I, I don't recommend doing that for a sustained period of time. I recommend getting into a community, finding a mentor, finding a sponsor, uh, getting into some rooms, getting into some uh, subreddits on Reddit, getting into the Instagram sobriety community, whatever that looks like for you, whatever your comfort level is, whatever your comfort level is just beyond there, just mm-hmm. push yourself out, put yourself out there a little bit. And just remember, you're not doing this alone. Connection is just massive and incredibly crucial for, uh, for you and your recovery and sobriety. And uh, other than that, if I can do it, you can do it. I wish you all the best and I love you all.
1: 5150 is a lifestyle. We believe in pushing yourself, finding your passion, knowing your dreams and working hard, and always striving to make those dreams your reality. We believe life is too short to sit back and say, what if? Go after it, grab it, and make it happen. Being 5150 is committing to that long, hard road. That road you know is going to be tough, but the most rewarding. That's living the madness. That's 5150. If you're living the 5150 lifestyle, then celebrate by rocking the goods. So listen up. There's a special deal for listeners of knocking doors down. Go to 5150LTM.com and enter code KDD20 and receive 20% off your purchase. That's 5 one F-I-F-T-Y,
3: While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions, or correction of errors. Privacy is of the utmost importance to us. For those wishing anonymity, people, places, and scenarios mentioned in the podcast have been changed to protect confidentiality at the request of certain guests. This website or podcast should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever, including but not limited to establishing standard of care in a legal sense or as a basis for expert witness testimony. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on the podcast or website. In no way does listening, reading, emailing, or interacting on social media with their content establish a doctor-patient relationship. If you find any errors in any of the content of this podcast or blogs, please send a message through the contact page. This podcast is owned by KDD Media Company.